And here it is, guys. Just like I told you, once the news broke that Jimmy Butler and his agent wanted to meet with Tibbs and Timberwolves management, I told you this was going to be a power move. I told you this would end with Jimmy Butler demanding a trade. And then the news breaks today from all kind of news outlets that Jimmy Butler wants a trade from the Timberwolves. Not only does he want a trade, he already has three teams he's picked out. The three teams that he's willing to go to that he will sign an extension with the New York Knicks, the New York or the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Clippers. I heard that and I thought, why those three teams? You're 28 years old in the prime of your career and you choose those teams. You're not really serious about winning, are you? This has to be about money. It can't be about winning titles. Jimmy Butler's a talented player. Nobody will disagree on a really good team. He can carry you to the playoffs, but he's not the kind of player that can carry a team to a championship. He's not that guy. And the fact that he'd rather go to those three franchises of all the franchises are all the opportunities that are available to him. This is about money more than it is about winning. Obviously, he could get a big deal somewhere else, but he'd get the most money with Minnesota. So let's look at it this way. If he were to be traded before the trade deadline this season, that team would carry into next season his bird rights, which means they could turn around and offer him a max deal. I'm still not understanding the Knicks, the Nets, the Clippers. Jimmy, you're smarter than that. Or at least I thought you were. All jokes aside, guys, of course, Jimmy Butler is smarter than that. He's a smart guy. He's getting the right call from his agent. This is a player taking control of his destiny. And this isn't new. This is a trend that's been going on for years now. And LeBron James kind of led the way on that. Jimmy Butler has decided, I'm going to decide where I play next or where I finish my career out before the organization makes that decision. So knowing he's going into free agency, of course, the Timberwolves offered him the extension. He turned it down. Not just because he can make more money should he be traded to another team. He turned it down because he wanted out of that situation. It's no secret, worst kept secret in the NBA. The situation between Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, and Carl Anthony Towns has been toxic from the beginning. Maybe the main problem with Carl Anthony Towns is the fact that he thought the team was going to be built around him. And when they brought in Jimmy Butler, who's all obviously also a Tibbs guy, Butler became the number one option. And really, if we're talking about right now today, of course, you would say Butler is the more professional, the more polished player. Jimmy Butler, the gifted, talented scorer who can also be a lockdown defender when he's engaged. He is the finished product of the three. Carl Anthony Towns looks like a franchise cornerstone who will only continue to develop and get better. 
He can score inside out. He can face up. He can post up. But there's lots of room for improvement, even with the numbers he puts up right now. Andrew Wiggins averages around 17 or 18 points a game for the four years he's been in the NBA. And that's not horrible. But when you're drafted as high as he was drafted, when the expectations for him is to become a perennial all-star at the least, he's underachieved. No one questions his ability. The problem with Andrew Wiggins, I would say, is we talked about it with Paul George and Jimmy Butler. Andrew Wiggins has zero dog in him. He has no dog in him. And he's one of those players for all his talent. He seems to do just enough. And maybe that frustrated Jimmy Butler. I'm sure it frustrates Coach Tom Thibodeau. The bottom line is, in that locker room, within that franchise, it's toxic. And I'm not sure going forward if Tibbs is the guy to lead that franchise. It's a franchise that's in disarray. But let's get back to Jimmy Butler. Why the Clippers? Because you've got Doc Rivers. You've got Jerry West. You've got an owner with deeper pockets than most that's willing to spend. Why the Knicks and the Nets? It's New York City, the bigger market. Not to mention, Jimmy Butler's a smart guy. And we already know players talk through back channels. In this era, players kind of give each other a heads up of what's what. Maybe Jimmy Butler picked out those specific teams because he already knew through a conversation or from a friend of a friend, he had an idea that somebody was going to come up. Somebody might be willing to join him in New York City. Maybe a Kyrie Irving. Maybe even a Kevin Durant. I don't think Jimmy Butler blindly picked those three teams. I think there's a reason behind it. The obvious reason, yes, he wants out of Minnesota, but he could get out of Minnesota. And there are plenty of teams in the NBA that would want Jimmy Butler's services. So when we think about why he's leaving and the three teams that he picked, let's just say I think Jimmy Butler's got inside information. As far as the Timberwolves go, they need to try to find a way to make a deal that's the best deal for them. Even if it isn't with the three teams he picked. If there's a team out there that want Jimmy Butler's services, knowing he would just be a one-year rental, but they provide you with the best package and the best return for him value-wise, then that's the deal you make. The crazy part about all this is Jimmy Butler said he wanted to be traded by media day. That's Monday. That's crazy. The likelihood that that would happen are slim and none. This isn't more of an asking. It seems like Jimmy Butler and his, 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 his agent are basically demanding it. This situation has gone ugly. I think that when you look at the Timberwolves and what their path forward is, they've got to make a decision on this. They've got to get this whole situation, this toxic atmosphere cleared up before training camp. The funny thing is, it didn't just stop with Jimmy's demands. Then it got into social media. Andrew Wiggins' brothers responded, basically celebrating that Jimmy Butler wanted out. And then a vet like Steven Jackson, who never has a shortage of opinions, he had this to say. Say, 
This is how the conversation should have went with uh, Andrew Wiggins and his brother when Andrew found out his brother sent out that tweet about hallelujah and all that, right? I'm Andrew Wiggins. Say, big bro, I don't think you should have sent that tweet out. Why you say that? Shit, because, you know, Jimmy Butler, man, he played with a lot of heart. He played hard. He played with a lot of heart. And I ain't got no heart. Now, you want to get on social media and talk about Jimmy? We lose him. Our team ain't got no heart. Now, if you're going to take me uh, to the Wizard and uh, help me find a yellow big road to give me a heart, then cool. You can talk about Jimmy all you want. Captain Jack brings that smoke. And trust me when I say this. Andrew Wiggins, no matter how you feel about Jimmy Butler staying or leaving, you don't want that smoke with Captain Jack. On a serious note, fam, keeping it 100. I've been a fan of Mark Cuban for years. I thought he was one of the more outspoken and honest owners in the NBA. But now, with finding out what had been going on in his franchise, actually before and after he arrived for almost 20 years and the best that Mark Cuban can come up with is he didn't know anything or he was ignorant or he wasn't involved enough and I don't understand that because we're talking about the most hands-on owner in the NBA the one guy that's involved in every aspect of his franchise this guy is in the locker room with the players. He's on the bench. He's there with the coaches. He's involved in marketing in every aspect. And when these women, when these 15 women that came forward and alleged various forms of harassment by your former team president, including not wanting to be touched or unwanted touching and forcible kissing, basically being assaulted, the best thing you could come up with is you had no idea. All this was going on under your nose for years. And then a website reporter that worked for the team had two domestic violence allegations against him and you didn't fire him either. Again, ignorance is bliss. The NBA fined Mark Cuban $10 million. To me, it feels like you're just throwing money at the problem. Yes, the $10 million that will go to help women's groups that are suffering from domestic violence and harassment and things of that nature, that's good. But the problem is, it doesn't seem like it addresses Mark Cuban's culpability and what went down. And I know the investigation said that no one actually knew of Mark, knew if Mark Cuban had knowledge. Basically, the investigation validated Mark Cuban saying he was ignorant. Maybe he was derelict in his duties. Or the way I look at it is you had an idea something was going on. You had to. Again, you're the face of the franchise. You're a hands-on owner. You just decided to play ignorant. You just decided to not follow up on your instincts and pursue because you were afraid of what you might find. I think Mark Cuban got off light. I think the NBA, who's actually been really good, maybe a front runner when it comes to handling things of this of this nature, I think they missed out on this one. I think they had a chance to make a really big statement. And I thought for the first time, I thought Adam Silver whiffed. 
This is something that's been going on in all corners of sports, all corners of the world. And I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of tired of the idea that guys in power seem to always use the, I had no idea. I'm not buying that. And I don't think anybody with common sense does. Just a quick thought on the ESPN top 100 NBA players. I'm not going to get all the way into that right now. The plan, and you know how plans change or they vary. The plan is for H, the Rev, and I to get into a show later on this afternoon and kind of go through the countdown and give our thoughts and opinions and our obvious disagreements. But here's a quick thought. If we can agree that Dwight Howard is still a productive player, which he is, never mind your thoughts on his personality or how serious he takes the game or his approach. I'm just talking about from a straight productivity, his numbers. At worst, Dwight Howard would fall somewhere between Rudy Gobert and Ennis Cantor. He's not quite the defender he used to be. So no, he's not the rim protector that Gobert is. But yet... He's still, even at this current version of himself, a much better defender than Ennis Cantor. No, he's not as good an offensive rebounder as Ennis Cantor, but he does average more overall rebounds than Ennis Cantor, and he averages more points. Ennis Cantor gives you 14 and 11. Dwight Howard gives you 16 and 12 and is a better defender. My point is simple. Whether you're a fan, or you've never been a fan. To say Dwight Howard is not a top 100 player, it's not just disrespectful, it's stupid. And really, when you look at a guy like Evan Fournier, who came in at number 99, why is he in the top 100? What has he done? Evan Fournier has averaged 17 points a game the last two seasons. The Orlando Magic the year before last, won 29 games. He averaged 17 points. The Orlando Magic last year won 25 games, and he averaged 17 points. My point is simple. This is old. This is old school. This is common sense. Fournier's an above-average player, maybe, but what we know for sure is he's a guy who's putting up a number, or he's putting up numbers on a squad that's a bum squad. It's not hard to be the guy averaging 17 or 20 or even 25 points a game on a team that's getting dusted every night. This is the Lloyd Vaught rule. Remember that. This guy's not a top 100 player, or at least he hasn't been. And I guess if they're projecting that he's going to take his game to another another level, I'm going to project this. Orlando Magic, they're going to be in the lottery again. Despite what Evan Fournier may or may not do. How can he be in the top 100? Even if you're thinking Melo's a shell of himself, he's not the player that he was. I don't understand this countdown. They're putting guys in, to use a phrase, that are jags over guys that are established. You want to tell me they're not what they were, I'm not going to argue that. I'm not going to dispute that. You want to tell me they're still not better than some of these guys that are at best, at best, are rotation players? You're wrong. Anyway, guys, 
we'll get into this countdown later on me rev h but don't forget tonight nfl you get the browns going up against those new york jets of course i'm gonna check it out for a little bit see what sam darnold and company can do who knows we might even see well, I don't think so. I just thought about this. I think the Browns are going to stick with Tyrod Taylor. I don't think they're going to put in the one that everybody wants to see. The guy, the legendary Baker Mayfield. No, I don't think they're going to see Baker Baker tonight. But I tell you this. If the Browns go 0-4, I think even though he's been solid at times, I think Tyrod Taylor's stint as the Browns' starting quarterback will be over. I think it'll be the break, break, the beginning of the Baker Mayfield era in Cleveland. And I'm not guaranteed he's going to lead them to a nine-game win, nine winning streak, but he's going to give you excitement. And I think he's going to surprise some people. I think Baker Mayfield is going to be very poised. I think he's going to put up numbers. And I think he's going to energize this franchise, something that this franchise has needed for decades. So again... We're going to get back into ESPN's top 100. We'll probably talk some NFL. And maybe, maybe we'll talk a little boxing because if you believe the rumor, Floyd's going to come out of retirement again and fight Pacquiao one more time. It's the Cypher next time. Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man.